Alright, welcome to another episode of No Investment Advice. We've got an NAI boys there today, Trunk Fan, Jack Butcher, Bilal Zaidi, and we've got a special guest, the best LinkedIn shit poster in the world right now. I think you're winning that I think, award uh, today. I think him and Cohen, would you say you and Cohen are one? Well, actually, and Chris Back. That's like the, that's the Hall of Fame right now. Reigns, what do you think? Jack Reigns, would you agree or disagree with that? I would say that I'm, I would say that I'm the up and coming guy. Like those two are definitely the best kind of like the Brady and Rogers over the last like <laughs> decade or two. And then I'm like a, like a Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson type, like on the rise, not there yet, but uh, you haven't won anything yet, targets. but like people right. are scared. Like when you're on right. the schedule, they're like, they can't sleep the night before. You, you don't want to catch me in the first round of the playoffs for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All so right, can so, you but, go ahead? We along. kick off with Twitter. Twitter's been crazy popping off in the last week, obviously. As we're going to be talking a lot about shit posting today, but I guess we're going to have to start with Elon and his like real life shit posting, essentially. So, Trunk, do you want to give the rundown of what happened and then we can uh, yeah, open so, up the floor? Well, what's funny is we're so online, all of us. So, we saw what happened on Friday uh, when uh, so Elon officially took over on Friday, and two people. Uh, one was named Rahul Ligma and the other one was named Daniel Johnson. Well, these were, well, look, air quotes for the listeners. These are not real names because they were method actors. People call them pranksters. I'm calling them method actors because of how good of a job they did. Um, so actually one of the guys, Rahul, we follow each other at zero interest rates. Uh, you can find him. He's a legend. But uh, so basically they're holding boxes outside. Do you guys remember when uh, the financial crisis happened? And the yeah, whole yeah, thing? yeah, of course. It was like that, right? So ostensibly these two individuals uh, rolled up to Twitter holding boxes. And this is, but this is just like influence one-on-one. They knew the media was going to be there and they're looking, the media is looking for people rolling out a Twitter, holding boxes, wearing Patagonia gear. And this is exactly what these guys did. Uh, but the joke is, bait. yeah, it was bait. Uh, they, they interviewed these guys and basically started writing articles with the names Rahul Ligma and Daniel Johnson. <laughs> so the obviously massive joke is that as soon as that hits the internet, Everybody that's internet native will know that Ligma, and uh, to be fair, not everybody is, Ligma is shorthand for lick my nuts. So, and then if you combine the two words, Ligma Johnson, it's uh, Johnson is another word for the male member. So, <laughs> but the male member, Jesus Christ. Show up in the mainstream media. And then Elon obviously takes it to like level 100 uh, by tweeting out a, a Daily Mail article that uh, writes the name Daniel Johnson and Ruhul Ligma. A part of me thinks that he, uh, he, he, he plotted this because it just makes the media look completely illegitimate because he knows the hit pieces are coming. Like on the day- well, he, His caption for that, his caption for that as well was Ligma Johnson had it coming. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like a little, wink, right? Like yeah. a wink. Well, he put uh, the aubergine and the splash emoji <laughs> on the end of it. So it's not even a wink. It was well, me, like a full on, you know. Yeah, it's uh, so- it, I'll, I'll, let me find, finish the last two thoughts. Sorry, Reigns, get used to me talking for too long. Uh, <laughs> all good, all good. <laughs> the last two thoughts is the, the CNBC anchor that got completely roasted, you probably saw online, was Deidre Boza. Uh, actually, it was classmate Deidre. We're friends. We went to each other's weddings. Um, she actually came out yesterday and did a, a, uh, a video where she apologized. And I, I re read through the comments. Very rare that this ever happened. So I think we got to give kudos for Deidre. Uh, for actually owning it, she says, listen, I got sucked into the vortex essentially. And like, I admit it, I, I, I didn't fact check this and I just reported it. And I was a reason that this story went off. And then actually, if you read the comments, obviously people are going to like give her shit, but like 90% of the comments are like, yo, this is so rare that a, a journalist ever owns it. So congrats to her, man. So now you guys, let's, uh, why don't we give it to Reigns, his thoughts on Ligma Johnson. First question, did Elon plot it? And then tell me what are your thoughts about it? 
So I don't think Elon plotted it because, uh, you know, just looking at how he runs Twitter, it seems like he basically just copy and paste something from other people. Like every single, like he takes other people's memes, this let the sink in thing that he did. Like that's been a recurring thing for years. I don't think he actually could have come up with this, but he is very good at taking a thing that happens and just running with it and capturing the moment. So he definitely saw this blowing up. He knows that he's getting a lot of shit just for like all the Twitter stuff. So just double down on the joke. It's already there. Um, I just think it was two dudes that are just hysterical, saw an opportunity, and then he took their opportunity and tried to make it his thing. I love it. What were you guys? Can we actually just add one thing, key detail? We missed one of the dudes had the Michelle Obama becoming <laughs> book. <laughs> that yeah. was really key Okay, as well. okay. Did you hear what he said about it? He said if Elon Musk had Twitter 10 years ago, Michelle Obama never would have happened. Like acting like Michelle Obama is just a conspiracy theory and nobody said anything about it. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, and the other butcher. guy said... Yeah, you had a yeah, favorite. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was... Um... That was Daniel Johnson, right? He said, uh, uh, guys, I'm just really shook up right now. I have to go and go home and catch up with my husband and wife, which is, <laughs> which is, uh, you know, again, another in deeply internet native uh, joke, but it would be, I think to be properly executed, it would say my wife and my wife's boyfriend. That's Wait, the, is this alluding to the, the uh, polyamory that goes on in the Valley? Is that what you're alluding to? No, I think it's, uh, well, yeah, maybe, maybe that was that reference, but I thought it was more of a, uh, you know, the cuckold, a beta. The cuckold beta. Yeah, beta. Exactly. <laughs> that was my interpretation of it, but who knows? <laughs> All the people with kids in the car listening right now, I had to turn it off. Yeah. So. Bilal, <laughs> it's good. You, we'll keep it your thoughts. Bilal no, thoughts. It's an interesting one because... I think what Rain, Jack Rain, by the way, for people listening, we've, we're going to have to call Jack Rain's Rain's and Butcher Jack Butcher's or Jack Butcher Butcher because I can't be saying your <laughs> full name every time. Um, but what Rain's just said there, that sounds hilarious. Um, I, basically saying that Elon wouldn't have orchestrated it. He just ran with it. I think that's probably accurate. I, I would. The only thing I would say is the ability to do it. I think he might have the ability in terms of like, he probably has people doing this stuff for him sort of thing. Yeah, like I disagree with Rain saying that yeah, he yeah. never would have come up with this. Like, bro, come on. <laughs> this guy's on Twitter. Well, you know what? One of my favorite conspiracies in the replies to these tweets is Elon's already got the Neuralink fitted. So <laughs> that's when, true. Yeah. That's, yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. already plotting memes and executing <laughs> and outsourcing the memification of everything he does. He's running 100 times ahead because he's Neuralinked. Well, let me give you a, a clear example of, of uh, we knew the hit pieces were coming, right? That on the Thursday, a New York Times does a piece called uh, Elon is a global chaos agent, according to a number of sources familiar with the matter. And then the next day, the Washington Post, sure enough, right in the morning drops, the use of the N-word goes up 500%. First of all, not good. Uh, but what ended up happening uh, when they, they did the... Uh, uh, the trust and safety head of Twitter did a whole thread and says, listen, no content moderation has actually changed. These were bots. It was coordinated. It was clearly coordinated because they're always catching in the moment, right? Oh, it's an Elon switchover. Let's see what we can do. It looked like it was about 1,500 bot accounts just started pumping the N-word and other curse, like really derogatory words. They shut it all down. So, I mean, the research was correct, but it was not correct for the reasons they said. It, it did happen, but it wasn't because the content moderation stuff had actually changed. But we knew the hit pieces were coming, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, but while we're talking, there's, um, do you see that what is trending, a message to Elon is uh, trending? Do you see that? No. I mean, I, I don't want to open it and share on the screen, but just <laughs> the, it's just basically all the things you're saying, but like streams of tweets, people 
just like sh shitting on him and uh, stuff like that. So yeah, it's kind of timely that as we're talking about it, this is popping off at the same time. Uh, but anyway, go on. But back to what you're saying there, Trung. No, I, I want to ask Reigns because Reigns. Uh, I will say this about Jack Reigns. It, like on the scale of zero not being a corporate shell to like 100 being a corporate shell, I'm probably closer to the 100 than Jack Reigns is. So he's got a nice cynical look on the world. So Jack, give us your like unfiltered take about Elon's takeover of Twitter. What you think the good, bad, and the ugly is? So I really think that he just likes using the platform a lot. Like he's probably got one of the strongest Twitter addictions out of anybody on the planet, which is hysterical because he's also the you know, arguably richest person on the planet. Um, and I, he is. Yeah, I, 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 I know he is. He is. He is. I honestly, I just think I think he wanted to acquire it the whole time, and he just timed the purchase horribly, like right before tech went to this bear market, and then tried to use this whole bot thing to reduce the price. But still wanted to take it over, um, but I, I really think he just didn't. I think he didn't want his like use of Twitter to ever be impeded by somebody else running it. Kind of like. Like Trump getting kicked off the platform. It's like if he just owns Twitter, then nobody can ever kick him off because it's his thing. So that's like my entire take is he just wanted to own his favorite toy and he was willing to pay $40 billion to do that. What Balaji said was he wanted root access to his 110 million followers. Just exactly what you said. He's like, he yeah. did not want anybody to be able to boot him off of that. And he said, actually, Balaji is like, it's kind of worth the 44 bill. Oh, yeah. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. Like, dude, how much money do you need? Right. Like he has like $200 billion, like 40. OK, you spent 40 billion on Twitter. You still have like another 100 billion plus. Well, whatever. just as an example, right. It's, it's like, look at Trump. It wasn't like Trump got kicked off and like could spend 10 billion to get back his 100 million followers. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like this is frankly, there's a number between like 10 and 40 where it's totally worth it for Elon to oh, secure sure. root access to his followers. Well, sure. um, Jack Butcher put this up, uh, I think, in the last day or two. This basically illustrates it perfectly. Can you guys see that? Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Screen. Uh, for people listening, this uh the caption is distribution and Jack Butcher, do you want to just explain what it is on, on the screen? Yeah, so it's just a simple illustration. On the left-hand side, you have the first printing press, the Gutenberg, and then on the right-hand side, you have the retweet button. So the hypothesis I'm trying to posit here is that the, like, the frictionless nature of distribution with a platform like Twitter is different than anything else in the world. And in the same way, the Gutenberg like, replicates an original thought hundreds of thousands, millions of times, same thing with Twitter. And I think, you know, someone who thinks about things the way Elon does can see the value in that way, way, way down the road versus yep. what it's kicking off in cash every quarter, right? It's just, it is unlike any other platform in, I actually forwarded a tweet to you guys yesterday, I think about Twitter is like this very odd social dynamic too, where anybody can talk at anyone as like, there is no like default no, public, right? Like, default public and people yeah. sign up with their names for the most part. Right. I, I think that could be true of something like a Reddit or something, but you're not going to get like Barack Reddit's Obama mostly signing up to Reddit, yeah, right? Reddit's mostly pseudonymous. And that, that is like a dynamic that doesn't exist in the real world. And there's something like ridiculous about that. That's why, you know, it's, an amazing and a terrifying thing at the same time, right? There's, we all have uh, commented on how like weird your relationship is with, with a platform like that. Cause it does, I mean, we would not be doing this podcast if it wasn't for Twitter, but I also probably would, uh, you know, 
be doing some more interesting stuff with my time if it wasn't for you. Wait, trying to say, Jack. Wait, Jack <laughs> just completely threw me and Bilal under the bus. Yo, He's dude. not about this. No. I'm saying the time I waste on a daily basis okay, scrolling okay. through my feed. Actually, wait, so let me bring up a point here because uh, our boy Reigns is going to go off on LinkedIn in a bit, but LinkedIn's product decision around retweets is actually very interesting. So when you repost something on LinkedIn, it's not an, a not, it doesn't just go in a feed. It, it's your name on top of it. And if you don't write anything, it's the repost after. So that's actually like a mechanism to make you think for a second. It's not like you're just retweeting things to boost the signal of it. Now you kind of have to own the fact that you did that. You know what I mean? It's so like I think reshare versus like exactly. It's like saying. a like it's your uh, it's true. It. that is yeah, true yeah, on yeah. Twitter though. Still, right? It's just that's more true. subtle. No, that's but it's, that's what I mean. It's subtle right. though. It, it, it's not the full ownership mm-hmm. and uh, we'll, we'll talk about other product decisions on LinkedIn. But I think that's an interesting one. Uh, something. That people are, and the other thing that people complain a lot about is a quote retweet function uh, mm. on uh, uh, on Twitter. That's where all the dunking happens. And listen, I've been guilty of dunking on cats. I try to do a lot less now. Reigns does way too much of it. I think he's I love got it. A I, 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 I love no, it. But dude, it's so toxic, man. And like, let me okay, let me just okay. This is the problem: the quote retweet. You can shut off replies to your tweet to like only people that follow you or the, uh, only people you follow. So like if I put that instead of 500,000 people being able to respond or 300 million, or I only 499.9 again. Where's yeah, I'd be <laughs> rounded up, rounded up to a million. Call it a million. So your tweet. So just for people who aren't following Trunk, finally it's 500K, which is incredible. And then, and then went down to 499.9. <laughs> you know, those percentages are getting getting significant up there. No, I think, I think people... Uh, First of all, I think bots are leaving the platform. I don't know if it's intentional. It probably is. And I think people are actually leaving. I've heard a lot of people say they're losing a couple hundred followers. Not a big deal. Anyways. Uh, it was super- like my portfolio like yeah. last year. Like finally yeah, exactly. hitting big numbers. And then now I'm uh, well, a bit yeah. more than 0.1 like gone off. Summer probably. 2021. But uh, back to the quote retweet. The problem with quote retweet is, so they implement a function where you can restrict your replies, but you can't restrict quote retweets. It's just so ridiculous right it's like you're not only are you allowing the thing that spreads more to be allowed like you're gonna shut off one of them let the quote retweet thing that gets shut off right and then allow people to reply it's just such a dumb product decision but i'm pretty sure they're gonna stop that happening where you can decide and nobody can also quote retweet they're gonna take the screenshot and it'll just slow the distribution of it but okay let's get right into it guys i sent you guys a message uh let's just ask questions now what are of the products that are being bandied about, a verification badge, Vine, all these creative tools. I think, can, can we just go around the horn here and say what excites you and what you think can happen? We'll start with what our best range. Because you said Vine. The, the charging 20. Vine. Yeah, bringing back Vine. Uh, the verification badge. They want, Right now, they're floating a number. I think it's just pure floating. They're saying $20 a month to keep your verified badge. Uh, to keep, but it's not like anyone who... Is this, if you're not verified, you can get verified? It's not clear. It, 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 no, this is all we know for sure from the reporting. And none of it is in stone. Is If you have a verified badge now, and if they flick this on on November 7th, according to reporting, Elon said if they don't do this feature by November 7th, everybody's fired. So <laughs> they're moving fast. Uh, so if you have a badge already, you have 90 days to go up to Twitter Blue at $20 a month or you lose the badge. Now to Bilal's question, does this mean that any Joe Schmo can pay $20 now and get the badge? That's unclear. And I think this is something we'll have to discuss. So the Vine for sure, they want to reboot Vine. Uh, I'm not sure whether or not it'll be internal to the feed or again, like a separate app, which I think is not a great move. But so those two, and then more things to get bundled into Twitter blue. So we'll start with Jack Reigns. 
Uh, just pick one of them, Jack, and walk us through your thoughts on it. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Vine thing coming back as someone who was in like, I guess, middle slash high school when Vine was a thing. I remember Vine being like a, a very fun part of my adolescence. Like people would try to replicate the Vines. There was, I don't know if you guys remember the iconic Vine of the, um, of the dude, like the woman's giving the weather report and the guy in the sunglasses and the hoodie jumps out, grabs the mic and yells, fuck her right in the pussy and then <laughs> jumps off the screen. Um, it's I don't a, think it's, I saw that one. No. If you've Yo, never editor, seen it, editor, yeah, yeah, we might need to edit that out. But actually, I do think we should include that video in. It's if you describe it, it's terrible. If you watch it, it's hysterical. I dressed up as that guy for Halloween like three times. It's a very niche costume, but it's funny. But I always loved Vine because it was like these just seven second videos, and it it just forced people to make really funny stuff as quickly as possible. And honestly, there's all this stuff about like. TikTok being a security threat. What if the U.S. bans TikTok, this and that? TikTok is toxic. So, like, since Zuck is kind of all in on this metaverse stuff, having another video platform that's, I guess, like U.S. based, and it's kind of got that nostalgia effect of people who used Vine like eight years ago or whatever, nine years ago, get to use that again. I think it's cool. I, I loved Vine. I think it was the worst decision Twitter made getting rid of Vine. Um, they could have literally won this short form video thing. So, I'm very uh, bullish and excited for Vine to probably come back. Nice. What about you guys about Vine? Any thoughts on Vine? Yeah, oh, I was man. Vine is class, man. Track. What a crazy constraint. What was it, seven seconds? Yeah. Incredible. Should keep that. That's my opinion. If you bring it back, don't mess with the length. That's my only thought. I've, I think they, if they're going to do it, I think they're just going to have to... I'm not saying this is what they should do. It's what I think they will do if they bring it back. They'll keep, you know, the old school packaging of it all, but they probably, I think they might make a few changes, like the seven second constraint. I think even though in a way that's that's great, but that might have also been a reason it didn't completely hit the scale that it needed to, whereas TikTok by default, I guess, was one minute or so, 30, 60 seconds, most of them last. And now, now they've extended it. It's like way longer as well. 10 minutes, I think. Yeah, exactly. But, but what really popped was the short form, right? And the way that they you know surfaced it full screen etc so i don't know i feel like they can reinvent little parts of it and yeah so i, I don't know i think they're probably going to do that and then yeah maybe i'll save my thoughts on the uh okay the i just want to say yeah. one thing back to blau is like the one thing about keeping a constraint that's different than another platform it stops people reusing everything and then yeah. you start to get your own like DNA oh, right. of content. Yeah, versus like Instagram Reels is just basically because you couldn't rip yeah. the seven seconds when TikTok is it look ridiculous, right? Right. right. Uh, so the, the, the maybe it's not seven seconds, but I think that's one cool thing about something reaching critical mass is like it puts a frame in somebody's who's gonna make something. Like they think about it in the context of what are the restraints of this platform. And if you just do vertical video up to sixty seconds, you're just gonna. It's like war of attrition, right? It's like try and just get people. And maybe that's a good strategy if you have uh, the, the, then it becomes like an algo game, right? Like TikTok yeah, exactly. versus Twitter algorithm and the TikTok algorithm is like it's insane. Supercharged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh I'll add three thoughts that I agree with Jack. Uh, Mr. Beast actually went in the replies when Elon put the poll up. So here's a crazy thing. Elon puts up that poll, 130,000 people replied. So 130,000 Twitter users. Has there ever been an experiment? Which part, sorry, Sean, what was the poll Should we saying? bring back Vine? Okay, okay. Yeah, why or no? Uh, I can't remember what the answer was, but uh, 
he also did a poll on how much people would charge for verification bag. We'll talk about that later. Got it right then, now. Sixty. This is hilarious. Sixty-nine point six percent of people said yes. I'm not making it up. Divine. Yeah. Yes. Divine. <laughs> He's definitely many, bringing it back. Four point nine. Four point nine million votes. More Think than about that. how crazy it is. Five million Twitter users voted on whether or not she did. I mean, it's an insane way to run a social network if that's actually what happened. But I think a lot of this is, I mean, a lot of it is just- Democracy, Trump. Right? Yeah, direct democracy. Well, yeah. listen, okay. Let me get back. So Mr. Beast answered to that and he and Mr. Beast and Elon had an exchange. Mr. Beast said something to affect what Jack said. Don't just do whatever TikTok does. You have to make it that is unique to Twitter. That's exactly what Jack said. So I think I what's agree interesting, with that as well, yeah, what could sure. you actually do with Twitter that make it unique? There's a lot, right? It's like something with the feed. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, that's smart. Uh, two other comments I saw. Uh, Nikita Beer, the founder of uh, Gas and uh, legendary social network founder. Um, he said you, you should not make Vine a separate app because it'll be impossible to get the, uh, the inventory of content back up to compete at the level that you could with uh, TikTok. That's his concern. And then the former head of engineering Vine is like, do not bring back Vine. You got to build it from scratch because that code is 10, six to 10 years old. Fair yeah. enough, right? Uh, obviously, they're going to have to do some new stuff. And then you guys already know, I have seen episodes of my hobby horse. Just they're going to ban TikTok. They need to ban this shit. So uh, <laughs> if Elon's ready with Vine, then uh, there we go. Here's the I, thumbnail. We got the thumbnail ready now. Real quick, I'd like to point out, like so Mr. Beast commented, no one is original anymore. Whatever you do will be on every other platform the next month, unless it has a deep moat. YouTube has shorts. Insta has reels, Reddit, Snapchat, Facebook, et cetera, all copied TikTok. Whatever you do, make it hard to copy or it's a waste of time, IMO. The very first reply to that comment, somebody just copy pasted Mr. Beast's comment. Which is hysterical. That's so good. This is that's that is Twitter's mode, that, right? That's yeah. the that mode. can only happen on Twitter. Oh, Twitter's so the good. only place where Elon can throw a, a pull up on Vine. Mr. Beast gives like a good product recommendation, and then just a complete troll just puts up everybody. That, yeah. that is a good. That is a good uh, point to unpack though because the video thing does just become this algorithmic like it's not you watching exchanges between people which arguably is where all the attention is uh like aggregated for twitter like people switch between those two apps so i don't know it's a it's a good uh oh like, dude, you don't want to kill the dna man. of it with bringing in features that are gonna be maybe like technically can accrue more attention but like you're kind of losing the dna of the thing that made it made it sticky in the first place it's a hard hard problem to solve for sure well butcher let's jump right in what uh what uh you wrote something uh to one i think jason calacanis asked uh, what product ideas do you have and you had some creator ideas could well, you I, share I, those? I um his question was around advertising right how do you make advertising better for yeah twitter and my uh response was about like how do you improve the monetization tools for people who are contributing to the platform right like the advertisers only want to advertise on twitter because people come to twitter to read and watch the stuff that twitter users make in the same way that mr beast built a massive business off of making amazing youtube videos and completely frictionless frictionlessly collected cash from that right so say let's let's say trung or jack write a tweet that has a million impressions why aren't you getting paid a couple hundred bucks for that tweet because all of the real estate that you generated that ads are getting placed on yeah in is uh 
and especially if you're like writing on finance, right? Like someone's putting a Robin Hood ad in under a trunk tweet mentioning the, the story of a company or something. You shouldn't Austin put a Robin Reef, Hood ad though. Don't, don't do that. Whatever, whatever. Austin <laughs> Reef put another great comment that said you could make basically a marketplace with like a deeper integration with review where Jack's newsletter plug Young Money doesn't have to go and like find and negotiate all these deals on a one-to-one basis. You could just say, oh, my newsletter gets read by this many people. This is the open rate. This is a subject matter. If you want to advertise in it, it's X per reader. And you just turn it on and it just inserts it in the... So I think like just deeper integration with like an attention marketplace, understanding... Yo, that's a great about. idea, dude. That's a great idea on that newsletter plug. It's like, that's hey, Austin listen. Reef. That's Austin Reef. Yeah, the newsletter. Okay, well, Austin, great idea, dude. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how. I know you listen sometimes, but if you're listening to this one, you should because Reigns is here. Uh, that's yeah, a great yeah. idea, Austin. Okay. All right. So let's go around the horn. How do we feel about that? Well, actually, uh, that's that's less of a horny one. Did I just say horny? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bilal, hit us. Uh, you got to do okay, Bilal. Just do the verification verification badge. Well, no, I mean one. the only thing I, I was I was, was going to share this one from uh, Stephen King, the writer. Let me just quickly share my yeah. screen here. Do you guys see that? So this is Stephen King, the famous writer, and he basically said twenty dollars a month to keep my blue check. Fuck that. They should pay me. That gets instituted, I'm gone. I'm gone like Enron. <laughs> and uh, the funniest thing is, I mean, Elon Musk responded to this. He said, "We need to pay the bill somehow," which is also a great way to describe this. Uh, Twitter cannot rely entirely on advertisers. How about eight dollars? I love this like <laughs> negotiation happening. Dude, it's and actually then, man, dude, this is genius, right? It's kind of cool that this is high, out live, though. Anchored yeah. it high, and now it's gonna be like it's gonna be six bucks a month. People are like, oh, that's not bad. That's way better than twenty. That's the pricing, yeah, exactly. So I mean, there was another, there was a sailor, there was a sailor contribution to that thread too, right? Remember the? Oh yeah, the, I got it right here. I'll pull it up for you guys. Uh, 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 Jack Rains has got strong feelings about sailors, so just bite your tongue right now. Yeah, yeah. No, no, all good. <laughs> I, I think he's hysterical. <laughs> Likewise, yeah. Yeah. So for the listeners and uh, viewers that don't know about Jack Rains, he spends a lot of time going after Bitcoiners, uh, some people like me, <laughs> and everybody on this call. He like keeps posting charts. And I just bite my every time I could just like quote retweet him and be like, oh God, I'm so okay. So Michael Saylor says Twitter would benefit by offering a variety of verification tools. Uh, you put blue for public or official, green for an individual, orange for anonymous, and purple for corporate. All accounts can be secured by a monthly fee or upfront deposit that would be forfeit for malicious or bot-like behavior. It's actually a genius move. I I know he's talked about this a lot on the podcast, but he wants to make it a use case for like Bitcoin. But <laughs> uh, it, it obviously could just be fiat. I think that's a smart idea. I think that's where they're going to have to end up because we, as we talked about at the top of this, uh, Bilal asked the initial question, does that mean you can just pay $20 for verification? Because a lot of journalists, what's funny is, listen, there are legit, a lot of legitimate and like well-meaning journalists. There are also just like a bunch of Brooklyn trust fund kids making living off their parents' money, making 40 grand a year, right? And uh, But they, they know that they got this nest egg and they're complaining about paying for blue check mark, even though they don't realize that the blue check mark, the amount of like, listen, the blue check mark increases engagement. It just does. And if uh, 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 Antonio Garcia Martinez, the former, the guy that wrote Chaos Monkey, the former Facebook exec, he said, if you can't monetize that blue check mark or like use it to a benefit for influence, uh, that's kind of on you. And this isn't to say that like a lot of these fake scammy crypto accounts that somehow have the blue check mark are legit. But I agree in the sense of like on this platform, the blue check mark 
is it's a sign of status. It's just how it's happened. And for, to, for these people to say, this is not worth nothing to me, I think it's completely idiotic. And yeah, uh, a, I mean, you can game it too. Like I get emails all the time saying, do you want us to run press for you to submit through the process to get a blue yeah. check? It's like, I wouldn't say that's every case. Like I think a majority of, there's some criteria where it's like, if you write for a publication that is read by X number of people, it's an automatic thing. But if you want to get that and you have any degree of like output in the world, you could figure out a way to do it. It's not going to be 20 bucks. It's going to be expensive, but you can get it. Um, but I agree. Similar suggestions are kind of a no brainer. Listen, put up a dollar or prorate it for different nationalities or, or countries, right? My, I, I think, yeah, the other, um, the other way this is being discussed, I think this is an Elon framing or some, he replied and agreed to this where someone was like, it should be set up like a game. Basically, you choose how you want to play Twitter, right? Like the R-rated version is like all the anonymous accounts, quote retweets. It's just like carnage. Basically, the way it is now. Only and then there's well, like- it's choose, choose your algorithm. That's what it is. Choose right, your right. algorithm. Choose your algorithm and choose like what gets surfaced. And it feels like the thing that Sailor's suggesting about like verify you're a real person is a way to like participate in that version of Twitter, right? It doesn't You don't have to be a celebrity to verify your identity, but- you're less likely to have people like screaming insults in your face if you are participating on the real name version of Twitter. I would imagine that would well, calm down some of the crazy. Let's give a force. very simple example here, right? If you paid a dollar a month to have this lower tier just to prove that, you know, you put some skin in the game, anybody that gets that should have their replies come up to the top. Because right now, when somebody replies your tweet, it doesn't matter who they are. You can get somebody with zero followers that opened their account yesterday being the top reply right but like you go to reddit it's upvoted you go to youtube the top youtube comments are incredible that's they true. have done that's an true. incredible voting system there twitter has nothing like that that's a i don't know how easy it is but like conceptually it makes a lot of sense um and it actually goes back so I'll, let me just tie a bow in because my point was just going to be uh, jason calacanis has said that it sounds like the main thing everybody's talking about is trust and safety so I mentioned the explosion in uh, derogatory words at the beginning there. I, I don't want to downplay that. The thing I was trying to say is that that was that content moderation piece. It wasn't that it changed. Nothing changed. It was just got botted. But what it does demonstrate is this people's number one concern on this platform. The reality is this. And the reason why a lot of big accounts leave and a lot of like really famous people have left and stopped using it. There's just so much harassment. Right. And, uh, you have to implement one of these kind of gating functions to prevent that. So um, I think if they can nail that, it's, it's uh, it, it, listen, I'm going to be using Twitter no matter what. <laughs> so, yeah, we got yeah. Trung, I was just going to just add one layer to this. I think we're talking about two different things. One is the existing blue check mark, which is verified, which right now is, is a one shows you're a real person, but two normally a notable figure or something, right? You're a famous journalist like Trung or you're a you know actor or someone of public record or whatever. And that obviously comes with clout, right? Undeniably. And the thing is as soon as you and the second part is like verifying real people, which I think could be a great benefit to a lot of social networks if people opted in. But you need to give people a reason to opt in. And if everyone's gonna now suddenly get a blue check mark equivalent just by doing the same thing the clout is no longer the same you're no longer special you're change just, the color that's what do the yeah so maybe so yeah. that would be the thing right it would be just it would be like a green one or whatever now like for me personally there's no i'm like basically giving something up to get something that is kind of inferior like just to me to have a green check mark 
I'm not getting the same clout, right? Just to speak completely bluntly here. Uh, if anything, I kind of look like a dweeb. Like yeah, I'm paying yeah. money <laughs> yeah. to give my information away. Trust me, I'm allowed. Please. Yeah, trust me, I'm real. You know what I mean? It's like, right, I don't no, have... But, I mean, like, but here's a question though. You, there has to be something, right? It's anti-clout. So I I, I had an idea. <laughs> yeah. I, saw, I saw a tweet about this that actually made a lot of sense for like just normal people like us that aren't wow. journalists like Trung. Um, so like, like dating apps, for example, have where I'm a single dude, in New York, I use hinge. Oh and, you, yeah, you do. Yeah. Buddy. Uh, that's next topic. Next topic. We're coming oh, back range. to that. Jack Reigns, <laughs> so, ladies. So you have to like, you can like, you submit pictures of yourself that verifies that you're you, you can submit like three pictures. So why not on Twitter? Just submit three pictures of your face. If you don't have like an anonymous account, if you're you, and that verifies every person as a real okay. person. And then you that's pay. True. Or like the blue check that signifies, all right, like I'm at this tier, that's the current blue check. And then just regular humans, everybody else that isn't a bot, like two pictures of your face that show that you're you, and then you're good to go. I, I think that would be pretty, I feel like that wouldn't be that hard to implement because a lot of apps like do that. That's, that's the thing that already exists. I think the technically would be quite easy, but like I'm thinking of the mechanism like of incentive for someone to do it. So on yep. a dating app, I completely get it, right? Like you want to make sure you're getting as many matches as possible. And I, I mean, all of us have either married or in relationship. So we've been out the game for a while. I'm curious on Hinge, is there like a freemium thing? Is there like yeah, a Yeah, I don't know, man. I've, never, I've actually never used yeah, dating app because we oh, were I've, all I've long-term relationships. Oh yeah, Bilal has. Well, back in the day, but yeah, Hinge wasn't around back then, I don't think. Yeah, so, so I mean, you, people can definitely like like pay to get like boost and stuff like that. Like the basic the basic thing is free. But I honestly I can't remember I can't remember if I had to like verify that I was real on Hinge or not. Um, but like I know that like we have a lot of Latin Americans in my like in my business school that use Tinder all the time because that's just bigger in like Argentina and Colombia. And like on there, you can verify that like you're actually whoever from Colombia versus just being a bot and vice versa. Um, So yeah, I mean, there's like people definitely like pay for stuff on there, but yeah, got you, got you. So I guess the question is on the Twitter side, like are there people, regular people who want to pay to get verified, but a beta version of the blue check, like a green one where it's like, Oh, I'm just showing I'm a real person. I've given up my, Personal Hello, identity. Bilal. It's Bilal's <laughs> yeah. lady. Yeah, exactly. No, no. I'm. I mean, I'm I just curious. So. I'm just personally saying myself. Small market. Yeah, maybe I. Maybe I would. But I, I, at the moment, if you gave me an option today, I'd be like, I don't really care. It doesn't make a difference to me. Um, but if I was gonna get, you know, like you said, if I'm trying to write and get more engagement on Twitter, and that helps me get more engagement, then there's a direct incentive to do it. But to me, it's like right now, the blue check is what you're getting. That's the, the clout one, right? Like that's what's going to help you. People are like, oh, that's a p- notable person. I'm going to follow that person, etc. So I think as soon as you segment them into those two things, it's no longer as valuable, in my opinion. But um, that might just be me. No, I, I think that's no, a that's very true. legitimate. I think it's a super... I mean, us doing that, oh, it's me, Bilal. Like, that's legit, right? It's like Everybody, Android I, green text, man. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I got to like, give a dollar... Um, well, that's why you got to bundle in the features, right? Listen, they're going to have to tear it. But I think uh, another person just wrote, oh, so Rune, you know, the really funny anonymous uh, AI account? The guy's a legend. Um, he just said, this is so ridiculous. He just wrote straight up, just make a better ad product. Create a proper direct response yeah. ad product. But, uh, well, here, let me ask you. But, uh, Twitter's mostly brand. Is that correct? Yeah, brand I mean, it's just, uh, I've used it for a limited amount of money, uh, a li- limited amount of 
uh, of advertising. No one's ever had a positive ROI. Uh, yeah, with and I can see Tanay uh, J, uh, who's uh, responded to Jason's thing, is right. He his one of his replies was about improving the ad product. Better targeting, you know, kind how of. How would you? How would you? Okay, so Bella, let's ask you. This is your area of expertise. What would a good direct response ad product look like on Twitter, and why that, is it important? I think from with, without knowing the ins and outs of Twitter targeting, it's just it seems like the targeting just doesn't work as well. Okay. So like the way you can select certain things that sound like they're going to be great targeting, but when you run it, it just doesn't work anywhere near as well as. You know, Facebook, Instagram. So if you like Google. tell Mooncat69 that you they should buy these compression socks, that's not the right it's not time doing it. Exactly. No, but and the thing is, to me, from the outside, it seems like it should have as good targeting as anything else because a lot of it's open interest right? graph, and, and you're seeing yeah the interest graph. You're seeing how people, um, you know, who they follow. It's just I think the way they invested in it over the years was just kind of like they tried copying and pasting. The Google stuff, they, you know, they basically hired a bunch of Google people to run it early on before the IPO. And then, in my opinion, they just did a terrible job of like actually Disclaimer, making a good you, ad product. You were, you were going to be one of those people. Exactly, exactly. So I, I would have been there like selling it, telling a great story, <laughs> but then they go to run the ads and it would have been like absolute bullshit. Well, another, so, um, yeah. another thing I think they can do, and I think Facebook's tried to do this, I don't know with what to what degree of success, is like integrate e-commerce in the platform too because that's another thing that facebook does pretty well is like all the different yeah with ig ctas that you get like send an email introduce this and like they're still like running like early 2000s banner ads basically right here's a url click it and you're gonna promote it on a different site yeah Uh, well here's a very tangible example of them is pretty pretty low right I, i can't tell you the last ad i saw on twitter i wouldn't didn't remember it or don't like they they don't. Pop it could have been that there were a decent amount. You've just got banner blindness because they're not good ads as well. Because from true, yeah. um, Elon's tweet about it, I thought it was actually a pretty good tweet. I mean, he was playing nice with advertisers, saying that they need to revamp the advertising solution, etc. That it's important, and I completely agree. Like they, if they just got to parity with the way that the other platforms work, and even just like the the interface to run it all, again without using it too much is is not as good and honestly linkedin we're going to get to linkedin in a minute is also the worst but they have like really good targeting on linkedin because people have their like firmographic data is called like LinkedIn. Where, where you work titles and stuff like that do Wait, you, firmographic do we, means like personal professional yeah like firm i think okay. is where it comes from like a, a firm sort of thing naughty consulting language that yeah know. yeah that is that is naughty <laughs> firmographic hey, hey trung do you know the numbers of the advertising business in numbers Twitter, yeah 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 i can throw you guys some numbers here uh, uh i think they did last year twitter did five billion 90 percent was on uh was on uh, advertising i think the majority of the rest was on data deals they have really big data deals with some uh, i think they have a big data deal with google just to take the kind of twitter uh, uh, information hose but this, i mean you know we should probably start transitioning linkedin just give you an idea of how underrated of a business LinkedIn is. LinkedIn's ad business, just their advertising business, uh, which I, I can't even tell you a LinkedIn ad I've seen. LinkedIn's ad business does five billion a year. It's as big as Twitter's ad business. And then that's not even their cash cow. The cash cow, as we will probably all know, is that dumbass LinkedIn premium stuff, the subscription service, and like all the recruiting tools. Recruiting, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so which makes all the sense in the world, right? It's like recruiting is one of the, the most expensive uh uh, people, uh, uh, cost centers cost you can for have. Cost business, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah, well, Bilal, why don't we transition into LinkedIn uh, 
Uh, why don't you hit uh, Reigns with uh, whatever we yeah. have lined well, up? Well, Reigns, I realize we're probably like 30, 40 minutes into this. And for anyone who doesn't actually know what you're doing, could you just give us like a 30, 60 second version of like how Twi LinkedIn relates to what you're doing as well? And pitch yeah. yourself to our five female listeners. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So basically LinkedIn is like, as far as original content is just a complete cesspool because because everybody- No, hold on, Jack, who are you? Who's Jack Rains? I'm oh, yeah, Jack Rains. Um, I write a finance blog that I only talk about finance maybe 40% of the time and called Young Money. Um, I edit Liquidity. Uh, he's this big finance meme page. I edit his newsletter, exact sum every day. Um, so yeah, I basically just like put a lot of stuff on the internet and see what. And wait, hold on, you didn't even mention the juiciest part for a future mate. Where, where are you going to school right now? Um, I go to <laughs> I go to Columbia Business School. So my what's the ranking? It's, uh I don't know what our ranking is right now. Actually, <laughs> top ten. Look. It's definitely yeah, top ten. It's, it's a top, top ten oh, business okay. school, in New York. Top City. ten business school. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, my Did you say top ten business school in New York. I think it's yeah, the number in the one in New York. No, in, in the, the world, world. Like, oh, it's, a top, it's a top ten business. I thought school. you were downplaying. It's yeah. Also in New York. So my how much future... do you guys give the Stern people a hard time? The NBA Stern people. Is it is it like beef? And they're not even on the same level. We don't, don't even. We really don't even associate with them. Honestly, okay, it's like okay. two different fields. Um, just so, yeah. unmatch everyone on Hinge. Anyone <laughs> NYU? Yeah, if you see if if you see Stern NBA, it's. Yeah, you you just you, you ignore you swipe left every time. All right, I so we got. I just want to I just want to troll you on the Ivy stuff. Columbia's Ivy, right? Thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's okay. I, yeah, it's I, I'm Ivy. just trying to put Jack on that spot here. And every, every every it's Ivy, and then everybody goes either IB or consulting or blog. Um, those are the okay. Big three, okay, nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Okay, now. Sorry for cutting you up, but I had to do it, man. I love it, dude. Thank there you for good. sharing that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's my background. But yeah, so Jack, you're you're a writer. You're also at school right now. Correct. I don't know how much you can share, but you've been getting a little bit of trouble recently because you've got these incredible shit posts on LinkedIn. Maybe we can give an example of this in a second, but I think the dean of your school got alerted. So maybe we hear that story as well. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to go ahead and go into that now? Yeah. Yeah. Let's just do okay. it. Okay. So, um, so for a little bit of background, LinkedIn is a platform where people are just like, it's a professional platform, right? So people tend to be a little more like, they aren't as outlandish on LinkedIn as they would be on Twitter. It's all job updates, congratulations, and whatever. So the only original content on there is hustle culture, like sales guys being like, you have to wake up at five, jog 10 miles, do this, take a cold shower. This is how you're successful. And if you do that on Twitter, like Panda Bear 69420 will just dunk on you and call you a loser and it's game over and then you'll get ratioed. But Nobody is going to say that on LinkedIn because nobody wants somebody from their HR department seeing them calling somebody a loser on LinkedIn and it reflects poorly on the company. So LinkedIn is the best platform, I think, for growing a blog or newsletter because there's like triple the user base of Twitter. It's written for 800 content. million versus yeah. 300 million. Yeah, it's absurd. And like it's written, con like written content repurposes well there and stuff stays on the timeline longer. It just the shelf life is longer. And there's but, a huge dearth of content for like what yeah, you said. People are scared yeah. to post because they don't want, I just want to add one thing that I cut off reins, but like the other thing you didn't mention, uh, I, I, you know it, but you, if you're an employee and you're posting a shit ton on LinkedIn, your boss is going to be like, dude, are you trying to get another job? Yep, like, what yep, is going, that's yeah, that's exactly. true. That's true. That's great. So it, it hit me like I'm trying to grow my LinkedIn bigger, but I really don't want to do all the cringe. Like this is how you be a better entrepreneur. So one day it hit me. If I go really over the top cringe, like just like just dunking on hustle culture with satire, 
everybody on LinkedIn intuitively knows what it is and it's funny and they can like it and engage with it without themselves directly participating in that stuff. And if it's funny enough, it could essentially get the same engagement as the actual cringe stuff by making fun of the cringe stuff. And it works. So I started throwing, I would just think of like, what's something that would be a hustle culture LinkedIn post and how do I make it 10 times worse? So I put this post out last week about, um, I think I can, I can pull it up on my screen right here. Um, but yeah, basically, you screen. yeah, I'm pulling it up now. But essentially, I like put on LinkedIn that I haven't paid for a single meal in New York City since I moved here <laughs> because I've been going to uh, I've been going to like all the Marriotts around the city and just eating the free like the free breakfast everywhere and then going by for dinner and signing off on other people's rooms to uh, get the food. So let me let me share my screen on this. Sure, what room are you? Yeah, three sixty. Yeah, uh, I think it's three. Yeah, three sixty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let me get let me get mine pulled up. Um, can you guys see it? Yeah. So I post this on LinkedIn. It does pretty well. It gets like 60,000 impressions. And then I post a screenshot of it on Twitter and the tweet gets 7 million impressions, 62,000 likes. Um, my friend Austin reef from morning brew posts a screenshot of it. It gets like 70,000 likes and like 10 million impressions because on Twitter, people love dunking on LinkedIn. So when you see something funny like this, Everybody wants to engage with it. So anyway, it blows up. I have people commenting on the LinkedIn post saying, I can't believe you're bragging about like stealing from all these hotels and stuff. People are in the comments on Twitter calling me a thief. Uh, like some of, some of the- Wait, Jack, the, hold on. Why don't you promote your tweet? I saw there's an option to promote it. Why didn't you do that? I'm honestly, I don't know how that even works. I've never, I've never done it. But like you scroll down here and you have people like nuclear since Clara say, this is- With, six, with 67 <laughs> followers. No, and he still follows you. Nuclear since Clara. <laughs> oh my goodness. So this guy's bio is burn more fossil and not wrong, by the way. Uh, no, burn more not. fossil fuels until we can safely transition to nuclear. He, he's right. He's right. Uh, 67 followers, uh, but uh, calls you a thief and still yeah. follow. And then I just say, shut up, nerd, and get like 20,000 likes. So all this happens. And then I get this uh, I get this email. It wasn't the like overall dean of the business school, but it was like our dean of, uh, it was like, like the, the head of student life or student development. She emailed me and said, Hey Jack, we, we received this, uh, an email concerning a potential, like, like questionable ethical conduct based off of a LinkedIn post of yours. And she like attached a screenshot of it. She asked if I could meet and I was looking at it like, wow, somebody actually got so pissed off by this. They like looked up my Dean and the Columbia directory and emailed her. Right. So I, I sit back. Sure. Like happy to meet about this, by the way, this is, uh, this is like definitely satire. Um, here's another like five posts that I've done on this stuff. Right. So I go about a meet last Thursday and I have no idea what I'm about to walk into. Like I, I tweet about, I tweet, well, boys, we did it. I have to go meet with the Dean of my business school because somebody emailed her and set up and stealing bacon from all the Marriott's in New York State. <laughs> and Wait, then range, like, range, range, hold on. Yeah. Did you expect 5% that they were going to expel you from the program? Was that in the back of your head? I didn't think expulsion was on the table, but I thought either like remove Columbia from your LinkedIn or you have to stop posting like this or something like that. And it became this whole saga. Like every, like all my friends, you, seen it. you had yeah, a little bit of anxiety. I was a little bit stressed, but also okay. in, my, in my head, I'm like, if I get bodied for this, like I could blow up such a, just like 
PR mm. shit storm of like, oh, bro, like, you would get a hundred thousand subs on Young Money, oh, win-win easy. situation. The, the best thing for my career would have been if they had to get just expelled. Like, yeah, but I go in, and she was actually like, to her credit, Dean Chaps is, is awesome, incredibly supportive. She straight Could up told that. me she thought it was really cool that like I was doing something different from just consulting or investment banking. Like it was neat seeing somebody oh. kind of building their own thing, like putting out content online. Um, so, so she was great. She, she liked it. And we just kind of talked about what I was doing. She, the real reason she called me in was one, she just wanted to talk to me about what I was doing because it was just very random and two, make sure I realized that some people didn't get it because she didn't want it to adversely impact my career. If somebody misinterpreted satire and then got mad at me. So like, I actually, I was like, it, it was great. I'm very appreciative of her for looking out, but she told me, she said, I would have forwarded you the email that an alumni had emailed her about the concern. She said, I would have forwarded you the email, but I figured you would have posted a picture of it on Twitter and said, well, boys, look at what this dumb alumni sent my Dean about me posting on LinkedIn. And I was like, honestly, you're probably right. Like there's a 50, 50 shot. I would have done that. Um, but yeah. So Reigns, we got to say, I will say when you tweeted out, Boys who did it gonna see the Dean. I'm like, oh, this guy's playing with fire. Like, boys who did it, especially. I'm like, yeah. bro, you're gonna. Well, if it was zero percent, they're gonna expel you. That was like up to like three or four percent. Yeah, like, they definitely you, bumped it up. Yeah, yeah. For sure. like, well, I but oh, and then, man, for the likes, for the likes, right? For the retweets, you did it for the Twitter. I appreciate you that. You can't put a price tag on clout, right? Like, if you can I make know. people laugh on the internet, who cares? Well, Elon's trying to, but uh, yeah. uh, Reigns, let me. Let me actually throw this here before we go deep on LinkedIn because I have a lot of thoughts about the platform. I agree with you fully that uh, it's well, Butcher too has been using LinkedIn a lot. V, my VV is perfect for LinkedIn, man. Oh, the, yeah, for sure. The hustle, the hustle uh, uh, graphics, not to throw Butcher on the bus with the hustle talk there, but uh, okay, here reigns. I wrote you, why are you spending 200000 on an MBA? It just, it just does. You're on such a trajectory where I don't know how much the additional clout would make a difference and you're paying them for it. That's the other thing. 300,000 probably if you include opportunity costs by not going all in on your content. <laughs> stuff. So tell us why you're spending $300,000 on a Columbia MBA. Well, I'm, I'm skipping class right now. So I would say I'm going like pretty all in on the content. I'm like, I spent half the time in the back of class working on blogs. And um, you're paying them for the right to do that. You know, here's, here's what it was. And this probably doesn't really make any sense, but in my head, it did one. I, I have some scholarship money. Like I don't have to, like my, my parents are helping with it. I, I had to take out some loans, but like, it wasn't that much. Um, but two, I didn't really know anybody in New York. I wasn't going to just, even though like I knew objectively, it made a lot of sense to move here just because of how many people in finance and media are here. I wasn't actually going to like pull the trigger on that unless I was stuck in a commitment where I had to come here. And I also knew that it would give me basically like a friend group of six or 700 people around my age doing a lot of interesting stuff that like I would just be with for, you know, two years. Like it's to me, it's very just in general, it's weird making adult friends. And yeah, like I have a lot of like connections or like like people that I like associate with through all the media writing stuff. Like I don't have people that I'm just like going and playing basketball with every day. So honestly, Dude, give I think Bilal a hundred thousand dollars. He'll go, do it yeah. instead of 300,000. <laughs> he'll hang out with you every single day, man. <laughs> I, dude, honestly, I just like having a, like a group of just like normal people with completely separate from this whole Twitter writing thing that I'm just like living like normal life stuff with. I know I'm going to make enough money that like any cost associated with this over the course of my life won't really matter. So it's, it's been a fun way to Fair spend enough. two years. So I, that's, that's why. Yeah. I also think there's like a, 
there's this massive arbitrage comes from that name still, especially if you're doing something opposite, you know, like the connections you make in the old world that need what you're building in the new world, like whether that's finance writing, like the connections you'll get to people that can't reach the people that you can reach through a uh, like institution like that. It's going to pay itself off tenfold. Right. Like say, say that like Goldman Sachs or Jeffries or somebody is trying to build out like a newsletter or revamp their NBA marketing strategy on how they act because it's such an antiquated, like dinosaur way. The whole like NBA recruiting process for investment banking. It's like, they have to go to 10 coffee chats with a suit and tie, all this stuff. Like somebody could disrupt that and literally just land every single recruit. I think there's a lot of ways for me to like, Oh, make you can easily make seven figures doing that. that, man. If you delivered yeah. a bank, like 10 of the top 10, you'd make millions. Yeah. And I think, I think that there's like a lot of consulting like gigs from that and being in the NBA program, I've kind of got boots on the ground seeing on just how outdated a lot of this stuff is. And like, here's how you could fix it. So I think it'll end up paying for itself big time over the next decade, but, and it's yeah. fun. I mean, the big thing is it's fun. Like I've been having a lot of fun the last couple of months and that's. You got to uh, invite Bilal to these Columbia parties, man. Oh my goodness. Are you, are you, Bilal, are you, are you in New York too? Yeah, I'm in New York. Yeah. I'm not uh, to Brooklyn yeah, now, dude. but I'm in, I'm in New York. We'll definitely uh, well, link up. Yeah, we need, for sure. We need to link up. Yeah, yeah. Since it's been recorded, I'm not joining you for any college parties, but I will come and hang out with you. <laughs> well, and we're, guys we're, can go and steal some breakfast together. We can steal a lot of liquefied eggs from the Times Square Marriott. Yeah. Whites only, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's the <laughs> eggs, no, not, uh, not the hotel. Oh, yeah, so, um, dude. All right. What else do we want to talk about on LinkedIn? There's uh, oh, let's talk about yeah. Let's talk about LinkedIn the platform so itself. So we talked about the reposting. Blau, you mentioned you saw uh, the difference, right? When you press repost, it looks a little bit different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think uh, let's talk about some of the smart engineering decisions they had on their content stuff. So they're going hard, right? You can go creator mode now on LinkedIn. Instead of having to have a connection, you can follow people. This is all within the past year. Have you guys they're all done? Because I used to post when I first started Create Lab 2015, 16, I posted a decent amount and it worked pretty well. I stopped posting for a while. Since you guys have transitioned to the Create profile, has it made much of a difference? People can just follow you. That's a big thing. They don't have to do, you don't have to accept their connection yeah. for them to see your but content. have you seen any difference in like reach or like how, how it gets out to people? Because I'm just curious from yes, that. Yes, I, I have. Oh, yeah. I have because you know, of the amount of people that like that are hitting follow, follow their stuff goes in their feed. Got it. Got and it. Uh, so that that was smart. They're doing a lot of tools for writing, a ton of writing tools. Um, I should try but, it out for sure. Yeah. yeah What's you your strategy on LinkedIn, Trump? Uh, reper well, actually repurposing a lot of stuff, but the here's the beauty. This is why I like LinkedIn as a platform. I actually, actually love Butcher's take on it is, uh, because to get uh newsletter subscribers and Reigns knows this too, from like a informational Twitter thread, your call to action is like 14 tweets down. Right. So like you write a 15 tweet thread, your call to action is a 15th thing. So even if it, if, even if your, uh, tweet, uh, your thread quote unquote explodes, you're not getting them to a CTA until all the way to the end. And uh, it's pretty clunky, to be honest. Whereas in uh, uh, the, the decision LinkedIn made is quite positive for, for thirsty newsletter uh, writers like me and Reigns is you write something. Uh, you don't have to put your link in because links get throttled everywhere. We've talked about this. Obviously, no platform wants you to leave their platform. So links always get throttled. But LinkedIn has a really good edit thing. Like it doesn't, like Twitter's edit button is still very clunky. It like changes the version you're on and it, it, not everyone sees it from my experience. LinkedIn though has a very good editing interface. So you write your thing, it goes up to 3000 words and it, it's just one post. So your CTA is in the first post. 
And it could be 200 words, 300 words, 400 words. So I think it's massive for converting people onto newsletters. So I would ask Reigns that. Reigns, would you agree with that assessment? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, one quick question about what you do. Do you typically go back and edit and add the link in the post? or do you Within 60 the seconds. I do it within the post. I was going to say, so do you think that works better than <laughs> pinning in the top comment? Because I'm about yes. to do one, one of two right now. Okay. I, I, I think doing the top, because look at the engagement on the top comment. It gets like... 1% of like the, uh, the engagement, uh, uh, with the, uh, original True. post. So trunk True. for people who don't know why, why to explain is there's a thing where you add the link. It no, you can literally stifles. just edit it. Yeah. No, I'm saying, you... but the reason why on Twitter or anywhere else, when you put a link in it, it just shows Correct. to less people and you're yeah. saying you post it and then you add it within 60 seconds. Does that not then straight away edit like the number of impressions it's going to get from my experience it has not so this is not this is not an engineering scientific move you want to cut this out of this episode man they're going to take (laughs) as soon as people start doing this the real hack the alpha's gone yeah all right maybe we should cut that out uh antonio you may want to cut that out um that's a great point though well i'll actually tell you something with uh, some decisions they made that's actually very smart i'll give you one more thing uh so on twitter if you want the benefit of a big account it's typically the retweet it's not a reply. It's not a like, but on LinkedIn, because there's such a dearth of content, it's like, if you even get a reply from a big account, it like boosts your post. Cause that reply it shows just, up in a so, bunch of other people. Exactly. Feet. Yeah. So, and, and asking for a reply is a much less big ass than for a retweet. You guys been on Twitter. When MMS asks for a retweet, you're like, oh, I'm going to put this on my timeline. But if it's a reply, it's a very small thing. So I think that's, that, that, that's quite good, but we might have to delete that first thing. <laughs> edit that up. No, I, well, here's the thing. They know, they know people can edit it. I, I don't know what the actual thing is, but I, let me ask butcher butcher. You you actually told me to hit up LinkedIn like a year ago. So what has your experience been on LinkedIn as a as a driver for your business? I honestly don't spend anywhere near as much energy on it as I should, but noticed that like you say the the visualized value stuff, specifically the like how to explain what you do more concisely. People are on LinkedIn in a professional context anyway, versus like, you know, reading jokes on Twitter and then your thing comes in is like, do this serious thing or think about this thing. It doesn't like, you're kind of the, I think we've used this analogy before, like you're the guy in the party that's like, read my thread, you know, like here's how you need to organize your life. And people are like, what the, what are you talking about? So like the, in the same way, I think Jack is playing off of that. You can also play into that, right? There's a, there's like a, um, one thing that we've had a lot of success with on LinkedIn is the job board that we run. So obviously people are on LinkedIn trying to um, articulate their skill set and like maybe look for another job. I mean, why else would you be on LinkedIn? I would imagine 90% of people are trying to climb the hierarchy of the place they work or the industry they're working in. So just using that insight to tailor content, I think maybe the spillover is actually happening. Now I think a lot of people are figuring this out in a short amount of time. So uh, we'll see how long the uh, arbitrage opportunity exists, but Jack's arbitrage opportunity is definitely greater. Infinite. And, and I, I think that I was thinking about this the other day, like you're kind of tapping into something that people already feel with the stuff you're doing. Like people are frustrated with the like, you know, the CEO crying 
image that you know you're like i just let go of three people and like pose this photo and it's like you're just like tapping into that truth by completely inverting it and like you say people don't have to figure out a way to articulate themselves or expose themselves to that thing they're feeling they can just amplify your post or respond to your post so man we'll see um i it, it feels less sophisticated like algorithmically than any other platform but the long tail of content is crazy on there like the two weeks later you see something pop up or somebody mentions you in something and it just stays circulating for weeks sometimes or months versus like twitter it's just a big bump and then the half life on twitter is crazy right it's It's like if you don't get it in the first five minutes it's, it's game over versus linkedin like these things will just pop up over time so it does feel more like like it's almost more akin to like an seo type engagement strategies like got a longer tail um yeah i don't know nice. i think the the uh the going against the grain there is is pretty fascinating in the same way that the initial uh bump i think for visualized value was posting visuals on a text-based platform right in the same way that jack is like posting jokes on a supposedly serious platform you find what everyone's doing and then you do the exact opposite and then attention just Flows yeah. Jack, right. I have to ask you, uh, Butcher, you've had so many copycats. Uh, how do you actually feel about it? Do you just don't care? You just keep doing your own thing? Like, what are your actual thoughts about the numerous Visualized Valley knockoffs? Yeah, I think it's just, uh, there's like a, a point where you reach a certain level of saturation where the market sees that something is working and just copy it. And I think there's a, there's a good amount of... Uh, Man, like my my Instagram feed, I don't really look at Instagram, but now I look on the dis- Discover page on Instagram, and it's just full of that stuff. And it's I think it kind of takes the sharpness out of, um, I don't know. There's there's, it's like you have to innovate. Basically, it forces you to innovate. Like if somebody is getting anywhere near close to like being confused with what you're doing, then not being original enough. So it's just a reminder to. I believe take Michael Saylor said, risks. "Like take more creative risks too." I think as soon as you works. think you can do something else, you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but also, this is a little different than that, I think, because if you stay doing the same thing, or you're not like slowly or in- innovating or iterating on the output of it, then you just, I guess the the potency of it decreases with time. You get what I'm saying? Because like it gets confused with this other stuff. So you have to find a way. How to get have out you adjusted? What have you, what have you done? I mean, played with different, different, the, vi- the video component, the motion component is something that I've been playing with on Instagram. Um, but a lot of it is just like figuring out new visual formats to play around with. And uh, I'm working on some stuff at the moment that I'll, share with you boys in a few weeks but the um as as soon as the playbook has been out there for two or three years you bet your ass people are going to copy the playbook so you got to be writing a new playbook all that time and then you know find. so you're not even salty like this is the game you're just like this is the game oh this is yeah this is it yeah like the yeah not at all i mean it's been a success in that regard right like i've taught people how to do it I was about People to say, to be true. fair, Jack has a course called How to Visualize Value. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or build ones. You got two that are relevant to this, what we're talking about. And, but, I, th- um, and I think yeah. the, the, the longer this stuff is about, 
there is enough critical mass that recognizes that it was like the genesis of a lot of this stuff where I get some of that credit as a function of yeah, people the market and say, growing. Is this, this looks like yeah. visualized value or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's a cool, like it's definitely a signal of it working too, right? If, if uh, it, it continues to spread into all these different areas and that was the initial goal. It's just, uh, it does become, you do, attention is finite, right? There's a certain amount of people with a certain amount of time. So the more competition you create for attention, the harder you got to work to get it, get it yourself. So, so range is going to have to steal even more like meals, like can't just be breakfast. You got to do like the lunch buffet. And then once you do the lunch buffet, you got to start doing like the, 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 the tea, every hotel's got a nice tea hour. Well, no, if, you, man. If, if you go to like a Chipotle on the like little shelf where they have the to go orders, you can just walk in and take food and leave. Um, so <laughs> I, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of ways you can play this. Not advice. Yeah. Yeah. Go to the DoorDash <laughs> section of every advice. McDonald's. There's just bags there with food in them and they're just being waited for people just to take them. Um, let me see. What else do we want to discuss here that we haven't? Oh, Reigns, what is your what is your LinkedIn strategy? We uh, we never got to you because you wrote somewhere that you think LinkedIn will be responsible for half of your newsletter subs. And you live and breathe this stuff. You and uh, our friend Nathan Bao. How, how do you say Nathan's last name? I think it's Bao. Honestly, I yeah, never Nathan, asked him how to pronounce his last name. Mad respect yeah. on Nathan. Man, his growth has been astronomical. He's done yeah, an he incredible job. It. Yeah. So, yeah, just because like I was watching him. And then uh, Daniel Murray, one of one of your coworkers over there at Workweek, like he's like he. It's I didn't realize how big his LinkedIn network was until I went on his podcast a few months ago. Thousand. And like he went, to, he got a fifty thousand newsletter subscribers in a couple of months, and it was just from LinkedIn. Basically, that drove all of it. So at that point, it just hit me that like it works, and it, I don't know. It, like my my strategy is like half shit post, half thought boy. So it's like. Half of it's posting, like, I just think what's the ridiculous, like, fake hustle culture thing that I can put. And usually it's somewhat influenced by either something that I saw recently or just like a thought that comes to my head. Like, I put one out today about donating plasma um, every single day to, like, make, like, 50, an extra 15K a year because it's 100% profit margin activity. Um, I, one of my, one of my zero one, cost of goods sold. It's a renewable resource. You right? can't put the number on the actual cost. It, it might be intangible costs. Yeah. Well, so one of my roommates in college used to like donate plasma. Actually, I was texting him. I sent him a screenshot of this today. He used to donate plasma in college, like more frequently than he should, but it was kind of a double benefit because if you over donate plasma, like you can get drunk faster. So when you're like a 20 year old kid, it's actually like, it's phenomenal. You cut your alcohol cost by like half, right? Yeah. And you make more money. So like you can donate plasma twice in a week and just have one hell of a Friday night in like any college (laughs) town in America. Some of my friends, some of my friends used to do do, uh, like the trials, you know, the like pharmaceutical trials at university. (laughs) That's wild. Challenge trials. They get paid. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. You're experimenting. Of course. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Side effects include the sixth finger on your right hand. It's it's worth it though. But yeah, it's it's half it's half post like that because those like those blow up. Those do numbers. But then some number of people will end up like sometimes I'll link my blog on those. Sometimes I won't. But people will see it on your account and then they'll message me and say, "Oh, like I saw this post and then read this piece and signed up. Like I really like your stuff." So it just gives you a bigger and bigger and bigger online footprint where people will eventually find the blog or the newsletter. And then obviously I share all of that, but it's like, yeah, like a, a shit post might get 500 likes, 
but one of my blog posts used to get five likes three months ago, and they now get 50 likes on LinkedIn. So that residual value of it is 100% there. It's just a, an unorthodox growth strategy. But to me, I'm a sarcastic guy. Like it doesn't, it makes where I didn't have to sacrifice the authenticity of my voice to build an audience, which I think is super important if you're a content yeah. creator. Yo, Jack, just while we slight diversion, but I'm looking at your your bio, which I've always loved your your pronouns in there, Weedem Boys, <laughs> which is a what well, I was all Mac follow when I first saw that back in the day. It says that you were deported from Norway. Can we get our story real quick? Yeah, so I was I was in Europe from August to like close to Christmas time last year, and I was just doing the classic like like backpacking around, hostel hopping, whatever. And I had a few friends that flew out to meet me out there, so. I was in Switzerland in September and I kept having issues with like my U S they were making me show my Vax card and a lot of places weren't accepting the U S one. And I found out I could go to a pharmacy and get like a digital one made. Um, so I did that. Didn't think about it. One of my buddies met me in London and we were planning on going to Oslo, going up to Tromso, Norway, and then going to Stockholm and finishing in Copenhagen. And so we're in London for two days. Then we fly to Oslo and Thanks to Brexit, you have to go through customs now if you fly from London to another part of Europe. Yeah, yeah appreciate it, guys. <laughs> um, so if we, none of this would have happened if we'd flown from like Berlin to Oslo or something like that. But we we landed in Oslo and my friend Devin, he just had his U.S. vaccine card. No other country in Europe had any issues with the U.S. vaccine card for getting in. Like you might have an issue at a bar or a restaurant, but for entry requirements, it was fine. Norway, you had to have a digital card either like European Union or British or like one of those to get in. So like we have the same vaccine and we, I go through customs, get in. And then he's standing there and I see him like pull him off to the side. They're questioning him and keep in mind, nobody in the airport's wearing a mask. Like they, they don't care. Like it, it was just one of those rules. And the customs, is not an EU country though, right? It's, no, it's a no, member. It's not. Yeah. It's, it's sorry. Shin, I think if you're flying from like a Shenzhen, it's country, a member of the Shenzhen region, yeah. I think, but not a, a EU country. But either way, if you fly in from like, like Sweden or whatever, we wouldn't have had to have gone through customs. So like, they just tell me can't come into Norway. And he was like, can I just take a COVID test like right here in the lobby to prove I don't have it? Because logically if he is negative for that and they're not letting people in without Vax card, he would be fine. They're like, no, you have to leave. So he like has this sheet of paper that calls him a national security threat. It's like the health of Norway and all this stuff. So he has to then to fly back to London. He has to get another COVID test at the airport to fly back to London. Cause you have to have one for the entry requirement there, even though we were literally there that morning, but the customs agent tried to help us out. He was like, you guys could just go to Stockholm. And we were saying, we, we don't want to go to Stockholm right now. We're just going to go back to London. But he was implying that if we just went to Stockholm and then turned around and came back to Norway, we would get in because we wouldn't get like checked. We didn't realize that. And so we were like halfway like above the sea back to London where I was like, Devin, he was trying to tell us we could have gotten to Stockholm and just come back. There was like a $50 flight. Like we could have done that. But anyway, so long story short, we got deported from Norway because my six foot seven friend who looks Norwegian <laughs> um, had a paper vaccine card instead of a real one. So that's yeah. wild, man. Well, related question. I thought, but I was going to ask this. Have you gotten pushback on we, them boys? Um, pronouns? Actually, no, I really haven't. Um, I've, I've been hoping I would get some because I think it would be very content. Funny if, content. Somebody, if somebody hit me off to know, to just, just like remain in character and make them refer to me as boys. Um, I think that would be phenomenal. Like, please, if somebody, uh, 
yeah. please call me we or them yeah. my boys yeah it's like i'm actually boys like don't refer to me as he or him i'm boys but no it's people know it's lighthearted. like i've never once like i've never once like been like antagonistic or anything towards like how people totally, refer, totally. but it's uh people think it's funny because it's just like like a lighthearted joke at a trip yeah, yeah, cool. common fair enough Beautiful. man well i hope the norwegians are listening to this and there's an honest mistake and uh you can thank never uh, allowed to know where again yeah. <laughs> so i actually i went back two weeks later when devin flew back to the states and it worked out even better because like by then it had started to snow because it was later in november so i was facetiming i'm like oh look the northern lights i went dog sledding like we couldn't have done any of this if we would have come back to norway just cleaned up on norwegian tinder oh dude yeah <laughs> norwegian tinder is sick all all right, uh, that brings us to our last section of the pod. So. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Is there anything else, Trang or Jack, on uh, on LinkedIn before we move on from that? Yeah, I was happy to do a quick LinkedIn on this LinkedIn mafia thing. You guys aware of how many successful executives there are? Well, blah. That's you worked there, did you? Do you guys ever hire a, po- a former LinkedIn people? Was that ever a thing? Yeah, a little bit. I feel like it's more like a lot of people eventually would leave and go there. Or uh, well, actually, one of my clients now has some people on the board from there. What's the reputation um, like with when you're doing Google? Uh, and like- I would say like most of the, now because I left Google like five years ago, so it's kind of hard to discuss. But in the startup world, like a lot of the people that come from LinkedIn, like some of them, like most of them are fairly smart people. But it's kind of known that LinkedIn is very chill. Like the work-life balance is. I mean, all of them are right. Like they, we've seen the TikToks, people are like, on a rooftop having like, "Oh, I'm a I'm a product manager at Meta or Google, or whatever." Nowadays, everyone's doing the same shit. But I think LinkedIn specifically, it was like they would give them off like two weeks in the middle of nowhere. Like the whole company got it, and and I, like my my business is like trying to talk to them about spending money and like doing stuff, and they're like, "Oh, we're off," and, it's, and I'm like, "It's July. Are you in France? Like, what's going on?" Um, so there was a bit of like an like a idea of or perception of like it's very chill um but yeah i think generally they're probably smart people like any of those big tech companies they're like smart on paper but not necessarily there because they're like trying to change the world they're trying to like have a good work-life balance let me disabuse you of that notion uh, <laughs> well i mean <laughs> okay, i don't I, do I can't it. speak for all of them but here former linkedin executives c-suites in silicon valley coinbase coo uh emily Choi at linkedin Atlassian CPO, LinkedIn, Bill.com CMO, LinkedIn, Twitch COO, wow. LinkedIn, Calm CPO, LinkedIn, the Figma founder, LinkedIn, but it was more of an Oh, intern- damn. I didn't know that. Yeah. Glassdoor CEO, LinkedIn. Um, and then uh, and then Jack Reigns' uh, friend, uh, Keith Raboy, also a former LinkedIn executive. Good, good, good friend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wait, but Trung, just to clarify, I know we're not being that serious here, but I'm assuming those people are like early LinkedIn, right? No, like, yeah, early days. Like, but they all had like VP roles, VP corp dev, VP yeah, yeah. product. I would say anyone at that level and like early stage company at that oh, level, well, obviously. Oh, well, I'm fair enough. But like, I'm, I was talking more about like nowadays, you know, which is a Well, I'll, I'll give you a couple of things. I was like, so Reid Hoffman, obviously PayPal Mafia, founder of LinkedIn, uh, he sold the company to Microsoft uh, for two, $26 billion in 2016. But like his mindset was always, he, he built, initially uh linkedin as like a consulting firm in a sense so they didn't they didn't hire salesmen that had sales backgrounds they hired like yale graduates and stanford graduates that were just generally smart and those individuals typically go to management consulting roles but they're like listen actually at linkedin like Bilal, you work in ad sales right he's like if you work in ad sales at linkedin you're actually you're chatting directly as we mentioned with the like key 
people executives at these companies, right? Because HR is such an important piece of the pie. Oh, on so the like, HR side. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. So you're getting the 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 uh, diversity of industries you're getting because obviously people operations is in every company in every industry. So you're exposed to all these industries, just like a management consultant would be. And like Reed Hoffman built this thing they called the. It's called a tour of duty mindset. I know it's a lot of like, uh, if you're talking about Jack's talking about managerial, like double speak, that's another thing, but they expected a lot of these employees to come there, be generalist and then bounce. Uh, but it's, it's also beneficial because they all end up at these companies that we talked about. And guess what? Where are you going for an HR solution? If you need, uh, if you're running one of these hot startups, right. And, uh, yeah, definitely. yeah I think that's interesting, but yeah, that was the last thing I had on that. And, uh, it was a good chat on LinkedIn and Twitter. I think Butcher wanted one more piece, uh, but anything else? No, that was good on LinkedIn. Jack Butcher, Butcher do you want NFT to talk about um, the NFTs? Oh yeah, we got. We we'll do a proper breakdown of it next week. But there was Should a paradigm. There was a paradigm launch yesterday called Art Gobblers. <laughs> What's paradigm? Can you tell the listeners what paradigm? The paradigm's is? a was it a four billion dollar crypto native venture fund? I'm and the sure founders were kind of prominent people, yeah. Fred Ursham yeah. and uh, somebody Coinbase else came on. Who's on there, Trung? Uh, Matt. Uh, Matt Matt Huang from a Sequoia, former Sequoia partner. Sequoia. Yeah, so they've been they've been working with the guy, the co-founder of Rick and Morty, on a uh, NFT project. But this man, we might have to get somebody on to explain it because it is like incredibly complicated it looks like a richard feynman lecture the the blackboard of mathematic uh equations that go into this thing but they're trying to build a different type of ecosystem where there's you know these these nfts that they launched with were free mint and there's a lot of controversy about how they got allocated they got you know whitelisted a bunch of people that already have big followings in an effort to you know increase awareness of the project a lot of people got pissed off about that and then they instantly started selling on secondary for 20 grand a pop or something. There's Sheesh. only 2,000 of them. And uh, the premise of it more broadly is that it's going to be... So these NFTs represent like a, a gallery in themselves. So they're building this native tool for people to draw artwork, one of one. Could be a Young Money uh, uh, exercise here, Jack. Like they're like MS Paint in the... Like native in the browser. So people can contribute to the ecosystem by drawing art and then these nfts ingest the art there's a currency that goes alongside it it's all like completely out there and uh we're gonna have to get someone on to break it down because it's incredibly complicated but it's an nft project with a currency that's also a marketplace curation tool it's far too much to get in before the end of the episode but go and check it out on twitter there's a lot of people talking and about you got it. you got you're one or two thousand people they seeded it with yeah Yes. Jack's like back in the game. There we so, go. Back go. in the NFT game. Reigns, I mean, we got to, as the guest, let's give Reigns the uh, the final word here. One of the biggest crypto skeptics I know. Reigns, go on. What do you think about what Jack just said? Honestly, I, I don't think any of those words were in the Bible, first of all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I'm like, I, yeah, I'm a very outspoken crypto skeptic, but like, I find, and on, on Twitter, I'm probably a little bit more antagonistic, but I do find the whole space really fascinating and almost like a like degenerate gambler. Like people are just doing a lot of crazy stuff type of sense. Um, like one of my best friends is like a 
like a uh, pretty high up strategy guy at Polygon. So like, we just go like back and forth, like, like just dunking on each other all the time. Um, but no, I like, I don't, I don't know. I think people are going to, some people are going to make a lot of money off of it. Some people are going to lose a lot of money off of it. Some people are going to make some really funny stuff with it. Then like once, whatever it is, drops like 90% value. Some people are going to make some funny memes about it. And then you're going to see the same thing happen again, but it's just, to be like separate from it, but just watching all of it happen. It's like, it's just like watching chaos over and over again, but I find that type of stuff really entertaining. So I don't like when people lose money on stuff if they get misled, but it's also really funny seeing people just go all in on stuff like this, just to see what happens. So I find it, uh, I don't know, like chaotic neutral, maybe sometimes chaotic evil, but it's just chaotic all the time. It's good material for a finance newsletter. If oh, nothing for else. sure. For yeah. sure. It's great material. There's always, there's always something fresh going on. All right. Beautiful. Beautiful boys. Great to have uh, a Reigns on Reigns. This will not be your first. Uh, well, this will be your first time. It will not be your only time. This is literally your first time and it can only happen once. <laughs> yeah, that's, Trump, that's true. Idiot not your Trump. last. Yeah. Fun fact fan. That, that was my fun fact fan for the day. The first means you can only, it can only happen once. That's called. Jack, where should people go? Um, uh, was it what's the the place to sign up for your newsletter this is your plug moment yeah yeah you can check out my stuff at youngmoney.co co um dot com is already taken so young money that's a good co. domain even dot co little wayne yeah, no, so my my goal in life is to get like sued by little wayne for essentially like stealing his name it hasn't happened yet if you google young money unfortunately little wayne's record label is still above my blog but i'll get there I'll get fair there. Enough, fair uh, enough. but yeah youngmoney.co you can check out my stuff i did a whole write-up on this whole linkedin fiasco last week it's a pretty funny read so yeah uh, youngmoney.co nice read it read it it's great hey you're on page two though mate i'm just looking now you're on top of page two on google for young oh, money not bad. Nice. not bad at all you're coming literally five yeah, other than jack butcher four people have gone to page two of that search how do you bury how do you bear how do you hide a body put it on the third page of google search. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right all let's right, leave it at that Good to have you on, mate. We'll, we'll definitely link up in New York as well. And uh, yeah, if you enjoyed this, let us know on Twitter and we'll see you next week. Cheers.